Hello, everybody. Hope you guys are having a great day. Adam Lefko here from the Sims and Lefko podcast. Chris, how are you? Oh, hello. That was such a professional opening. Hi, Mark. How are you? Good. Steinmetz is here. Uh, Josh Fentrick is out of town. He, uh, of course, he is. Yes, he's just so Johnny busy. Corporation. Johnny Corporation. Uh, week eight, uh, we got another tie. Right. Uh, we had a lot of good games. We saw how much of a freakazoid Aaron Rodgers is, yes, even though in a loss to a a big win for the Falcons. Um, man, I have complaints about the Eagles Cowboys game. Uh, I kind of want to get into some of the other stories before we recap the game. Uh, first, um, let's talk about Jamie Collins. This happened like an, an hour or two ago. Yes. Jamie Collins being traded from the Patriots to the Browns for a compensatory third-round pick, which is the extra picks you get when a team a player leaves in free agency. So it's pretty much an early fourth-round pick yes. for Jamie Collins, who I picked as my defensive player of the year before the season. Yeah, uh, I think I did too. I think even when you put out all the reasoning out there, he was a free agent next year. Mm-hmm. He was requesting Von Miller type money, right. up, upwards of fifteen million dollars a year. They were going to have to pay Dante Hightower and Butler beforehand. When you factor in that, I guess you were hearing reports that maybe they weren't happy with him in practice and all that right. stuff. And I'm sure some of that is the fact that he's asked for so much money as well. Yeah, because you know what? If you've ever been in negotiations, it's really hard to freaking go to work when you've been negotiating. It just is because yes. you go, "Do you value me?" and you start getting that in your head well and then also you got to look at the other end like bill belichick would be like i mean he's he thinks he's he's asking for that kind of money yes like yes but even with all that being said yes you're the one lost patriots Mm -hmm. you are steamrolling your way to the super bowl and beyond if you thought he was the best to change up your team that drastically seems a little crazy to me but as you said before, it's hard to question Bill Belichick in these situations. Well, it is, and, and he obviously feels like he's not drastically changing it to where it's going to change their defense, and which I would agree with. I mean, we, we talked about it a little before. I mean, uh, the, the kid of Landon Roberts, number 52, when you watch them, yeah, he – He's a good middle linebacker. Is he Jamie Collins? No, he's certainly not. Because that's I guess, the thing. Yeah, he's a good middle linebacker. Yes. But like, I think about the Broncos game, a team that the, the Patriots will likely have to face in the championship game. Right. I mean, Jamie Collins was the reason the Patriots were still in that game. I know he messed up on the one touchdown to Owen Daniels. Both but touchdowns. I mean, Jamie Collins is an absolute freak. Why not keep him for the year, see if you win the Super Bowl? And then, I mean, is a compensatory third-round pick that big of a deal? Well, I don't I, know. I guess Bill would rather get something. Bill is the true value guy. Lefko, you've heard me say this a million times. Like, if he thinks you're worth five cents and you're asking for six, he's going to be like, no, you're not worth six cents. When you're they traded five. Chandler Jones, yes. we said, well, they needed to figure out ways to pay for Jamie and Dante. Yes. Apparently not. Well, they still got to pay for Dante. And really, we're missing Malcolm Butler, too. That's the other key factor here. Malcolm Butler, he shouldn't even played this year. He's going to get big-time money. Malcolm Butler deserves to be paid like one of the 10 best corners in football. That's how good he is. So how much, how negatively does this impact the Patriots uh, I don't, in, the, in the right now? Yeah, I don't think it's a huge blow to them. I don't. Um, first of all, I would say Dante Hightower has outperformed Jamie Collins this year. I mean, you've heard me say that. I've had Dante Hightower on my All-22 team twice this year. But don't they play I, two I linebackers Jamie, at the same time? They do a lot of the time, yes. Uh, you know, I think also uh, I haven't had Jamie Collins on my All-22 team yet this year. But regardless, yeah, I think he just looks at it and goes, I got a lot of guys that can play that position, maybe not to the level Jamie Collins can, but it's not that much of a drop-off. Uh, and yeah, there was something there, man. I just I've heard, I heard two things over the last two weeks that they just weren't happy with Jamie Collins. That he's hurt a lot. He doesn't always practice hard. 
that probably came into play with this decision as well. No, no way that I ever think they were going to yes. trade him, though. It, this is a wait-and-see type of thing. Of course, remember two weeks ago I brought it up. The Patriots traded for Kyle Van Noy. We'll see how he's used. I'm excited to watch that film. Like As soon as we get done with this, that is the game I want to go You're going to watch Jamie Collins. Yeah, I just want to go see, did he do something? Like His statistics weren't good yesterday. Uh, for a middle linebacker of Jamie Collins' talent to only have – Two tackles. Yes, uh, that's a little weird. I think the uh, the thing going forward from the Bronc from the Brown side, you do not trade for a guy in a contract year when you're zero and eight, unless you believe you're building your team around him. Mm-hmm. And if Ray Horton's going to be the defensive coordinator with a guy as versatile as Jamie Collins, I know everyone in Cleveland is fawning over getting a quarterback to build around. You just found the face of your team for the next five years in Jamie Collins. They are the fighting Cleveland Collinses right now because mm-hmm. he will be their focal point and i think getting him for a third round compensatory pick at his age is amazing it's unbelievable yes it's really hard and to how get many that. picks i mean cleveland's got a, a jillion picks anyways yeah they got it all from us right yeah so you're welcome cleveland you just got your jamie collins no um uh also cam newton complaining i want your take on too saying like look i want to go talk to the nfl nfl coming back and saying that you know it's only been three they've only missed three since 2013 I remember seeing three missed hits on him in the Broncos game alone. Yeah, what 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 dignifies them them as saying what's missed and what's not? And as the well. NFL came out and said, "Look, there's 11 quarterbacks that have gotten it worse than you." It, it's like it's like going to the DMV and being like, "Listen, I have a reservation here for two o'clock," and they point to ten other people and go, "Well, they're late too." No, 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 no. Fix the problem. Stop saying that my problem isn't as serious as other people's problems. And, and also, I think Cam gets hit a lot harder than other people do. Yes. I, I like your point there, though, with the DMV. That's exactly the right. It's not about, oh, there's been 11 players. We've missed more. No, it's about what you've called with other top-notch quarterbacks consistently as roughing the pass- passer. The play that jumps out to me more than anything is the play yesterday with Calais Campbell almost ended Cam Newton's season with uh, an ACL injury. He bent him backwards. He he dove at the knees, and he wasn't pushed there or anything. I can guarantee that gets called, whether it be Drew Brees or uh, Tom Brady, Tom Brady yeah. or some of the other great top-notch quarterbacks, Matt Ryan, whatever it may be. It, it, you're right. It's not about what's been missed. It's about the quantity of times uh, that maybe – he puts himself in these tough situations and he never gets the benefit of the call like the other top-notch quarterbacks do. Yeah, my thing is the NFL's response showed that they have another issue. How can you say that you care about NFL safety when this is the first time we're hearing about these numbers ever and your answer is, look, Cam, I know you think people are trying to end your season, but all these NFL quarterbacks, we're not protecting 11 of them either. I, okay, I think, then you have a serious issue, NFL, and you need to look at this. What I think is funny, too, when you look at the quarterbacks who they said they have missed more, just to throw some of the names on the list that I think is kind of funny, a lot of them are these, like, all right, Andrew Luck, big physical freak, right? Uh, Joe Flacco, Ben Roethlisberger, those are the guys. So, obviously, they're looking at those guys and just going, oh, they're big. They can handle that type of hit. Where, yeah, the Drew Brees or the Brady, they see them get a, a forearm to the neck yes. and they go, oh, legal hit to the head. We got to throw the flag there. The number one storyline that I'm seeing repetitively these last few weeks has been issues with refereeing and penalty calls mm-hmm. and kicking. Yes. And they are the two things that NFL fans don't sign up to watch. And saying we need to get rid of the mental error of referees, it literally goes nowhere. That's the only system we have. We can't 
can't replay everything. It's not possible. And kicking is just part of the game. But both are what we're talking about a lot, and I really don't care about either of them. But yesterday, Richard Sherman complaining about the penalties. I think the discrepancy with the Saints was 11-2. to I complained a few weeks ago about the Lions-Eagles discrepancy. Uh, and Josh Norman came out yesterday. I know you think Josh Norman should have gotten 15 penalties, not five. Yes. But how can players, coaches, remember Arians complained about that Wagner block. How can players and coaches complain efficiently without being fined by the NFL? There's really no way to complain efficiently other than just maybe not making it personal and saying it's not fair to a degree and maybe making some points as far as what was called on their side as compared to your side. But like these are two guys like Norman and Sherman. Like Seattle's, they've been a penalty team yes. for a lot of years. Yes. I don't really. You're, there's obviously something in your system that's flawed that way. And then Josh Norman, as much as I like him, Josh Norman holds on almost every single play. There is nobody that I watch more on film where I say holding could be called almost on every pass play that he plays man to man. So yeah, he could save face and stand up there and say referee number eighty eight stunk. I, wish, I can't believe he said his number. I wish we could go back and go and show a highlight clip of Josh Norman and show you that every time he covered A.J. Green, he held him, even like we've talked about. The deep pass down the left sideline to A.J. Green. He makes the amazing catch. He was held by Josh Norman, yes. but he still made the play. I, I want to talk really quickly. Let's just recap some of the biggest games from yesterday. Um, Panthers, maybe they're coming back alive. Yeah, I mean, I'm not buying into that yet. No. I mean, Arizona's been all over the place. and I, Yeah, okay. They got That game went perfectly for them to start off so they got off uh, to a great lead when yep. it was 14 nothing before the game even really started and yeah it was just too much to overcome and and in arizona was sloppy i'm not saying carolina's back by any stretch of the imagination questions about alex smith playing in the future you think that could actually be good for the chiefs it's certainly not going to hurt in my opinion no nick Foles can definitely hold down the fort there they have enough weapons on that offense that it's not like alex smith is making or breaking the chiefs offensive output yes i've already put in a waiver claim for tyree kill and fantasy Man. because they're starting to use him a ton they are raiders get a 513 yard performance trivia mark steinmetz what other quarterback in nfl history has thrown for 513 yards in a game <laughs> Good Phil, guess. Phil Sims has thrown for 513. He did in regulation. He did um, it in four quarters. Raiders are 6-2. and two, Yes. And uh, they, match, the they, they match up well with pretty much every team in the NFL. Yeah, well, you know they they're going to be in every game. Right. The, you're not just going to get rid of them because of the offensive firepower they have. They're so explosive on that side of the football. Yeah, they're AFC. Uh, they could be anybody. I mean, New England, I certainly would pick New England to beat the Oakland yes. Raiders, but they're going to be a pain in the butt. Oakland is one of those teams, you come playoffs, you're going to go, yeah, their defense is not that great, but, man, we got to deal with Khalil Mack. And yeah. They do have some big people up front, and, oh, gosh, we got to deal with Derek Carr and Amari Cooper. Yes. Uh, they will be annoying regardless. I don't read into the Seahawks' loss at all. I think when you're missing Cam Chancellor, Michael Bennett, you're playing in New Orleans, yeah. and you're up against the, maybe the best offensive coordinator in the NFL. I think that's a game that you could have predicted. I did predict, and I don't think that will be something that carries no, on. No, I just I wish we would stop getting off this. I, I, the Seahawks, like, 
fandom drives me crazy. Not necessarily the Seahawks fans, but like that they they're play, a top three team. They play one good game in there. But they're the Super Bowl champs right here. I here think they it's come. because they've been so consistent over the last few years, right. and we like things that are common. We like things that we've seen before. And I know Russell Sh- R- Wilson. I know Richard Sherman. I know Michael Bennett. I know Earl Thomas. I know Cam Chancellor. I know Pete Carroll chewing the gum on the sidelines. I've seen all those things before, and we're willing to invest our confidence in the things that we've seen. You know what I mean? I think you're probably right. Uh, it's like me in a consistent relationship. I'll know it when I see it. Uh, <laughs> Patriots, Bills. Patriots, uh, they're the best team in the NFL. There's no denying it. I don't it. think we need to. And, and they're still the best team in the NFL without Jamie Collins. Yes, it's not going to even matter. Uh, but, but, yeah, the, the big thing is, again, I mean, Buffalo did some good things there early on. I mean, they, they got after Tom Brady a little bit. They made Brady hold the ball. That's yes. what I'm going to be interested in looking at, what they were doing coverage-wise. But they had a whole bunch of socks. I mean, you haven't seen Tom Brady get sacked like that in a long time. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's just too much. It's, it's too it's much. It's all of it on both sides of the football. Broncos Chargers. Did you leave that game more convinced that the Broncos can make this happen or that they're too reliant on some of the defensive touchdowns to stay in these games? Yeah, I'm all Is in. that just part of their identity? That is them, right. Let's, let's just... I feel like the way you feel about the Seahawks, you wish that people use that to talk about the Broncos. I, 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 you're, thank you. You're, that's the, I didn't even thought of that, but yeah. yes. It's, the people who give the Seahawks the respect the Broncos should be getting. The Broncos' defense is better than the Seahawks seven days of the week. Yeah. They can cause more havoc. They're better in every phase except for maybe stopping and the run. And they have the game manager quarterback that has two wide receivers that can take it deep. And again, 9-17. and 9-17. and 9-17. and 17. That was uh, Peyton Manning and touchdown 17. to interception yeah. ratio. Nine touchdowns, 17 interceptions, won the Super Bowl. The Chargers, are the Chargers going to be the annoying team that keeps a team out of the playoffs, or are they a team that could actually squeak in? They're, they're not going to get in. Okay, they're just because their division is so gonna, hard. Yeah, they're going to ruin some, they're going to ruin like the Raiders or the Chiefs, somebody late in the year from not getting in. How much do you buy the Atlanta Falcons after that win yesterday? Well, the Atlanta Falcons are not the team from last year. I think we've been consistent in saying that. I do think they're better. Uh, Green Bay's flawed too. The whole Do, NFC is flawed. Yes, that's the one. I, thing I look, look at, at the it. Falcons and I go, "Yes, they won a game that they might have lost in years past." But then I go, "Aaron Rodgers was freaking sensational without a star wide receiver. Devontae Adams is not that guy, mm-hmm. and no running back was that more. Wow, Aaron Rodgers is great. Or man, if they had Randall Cobb, the Falcons could have lost that game. Oh, if they had Randall Cobb. Aaron Rodgers would have thrown for 266 instead of 246. Oh, man, Randall Cobb. Oh, gosh, you mean the guy that wouldn't start on the New England Patriots? That Randall Cobb? All uh, right, so I see where you're leaning. <laughs> yeah, it's Aaron Rodgers. It's, it's, I mean, come on, you know it. You watch it with me. We're, we both sit there and go, I mean. For me, for me, the Falcons putting up 33 against a very good Packers defense, albeit with a lot of injuries in their yes. secondary, with a hobbled Julio Jones and no Tevin Coleman. Mm-hmm. That was a big-time game. It was a big-time um, game. Eagles-Cowboys, I'll do my quick little rant. Do it. I am very, very, very afraid that the bad Doug Peterson that we saw in the clock management of the Chiefs-Patriots game is now my head coach, Full Lee. You look at the game yesterday on Sunday Night Football. I do 
not like the fact that he punted from a 54-yarder. I do not like the fact that he had Josh Huff throw off, throw off uh, a pass instead of Carson Wentz. I do not like the fact that he put in Wendell Smallwood, a rookie running back, when Darren Sproles was your offense the entire game. Mm-hmm. I do not like the fact that the entire offense is built around a horizontal passing game when we have a legitimate quarterback that can throw it vertically, read the field, and put it in tight windows. But instead, we throw it to Jordan Matthews two yards behind the line of scrimmage when Jordan Matthews does not break tackles and is not a wide receiver that is built for screens. And then when I see them not take the chance of trying to call a timeout and get the ball back, at least get a Darren Sproles punt return, I look at Doug Peterson and go, I do not like play at safe coaches. And that's what scares me about a team that has a quarterback like this. 43 attempts for 203 yards. I mean, that's less than five yards per attempt. That's, that's stupid. That's I understand that they don't Look have the, the wide receivers to throw it deep. That means that Josh Huff threw it deep more times yesterday than Carson Wentz did. Yeah, that's Think stupid. about that. Right. Carson Wentz on one throw. I mean, Josh Huff on one throw threw it deeper than Carson Wentz like, did the whole game. And like even that phrase, like, you know, oh, and I'm not trying to get on you because, oh, they don't have the receivers to go deep. Can they run? Throw it deep. I don't really care. You have a Doriel Green Beckham that's like 6'6". Yes. Just let him run and throw it up. Make the defense think you're going to do it once or twice a game. That drives me freaking crazy. And the other thing I'll say, Lefko, is I honestly think the NFL is slowly but surely getting away from the dink and dunk offenses. Well, you've been saying it for two years that the West Coast is dead. It's and dead. You feel the same way about the West Coast the way you feel about the Seattle Cover 3 press bail. A little bit, yes. It's been figured out. It's time to add new wrinkles. Time to move on. Look at New England. Look at the Oakland Raiders. Look at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Some of the better offenses we have in football. What do they do? Yeah. They throw it down the field. Even the Denver Broncos. Even though they're like... And if the Eagles quarterback was Sam Bradford, and if the Eagles quarterback was Chase Daniel, I'd understand running that offense. But we have Derek Carr. We, I'm not going to say he's Tom Brady. But we have a quarterback yeah, in theory, that right. can throw it vertically down the field. Right. I mean, that dude got destroyed from behind and held on to that yeah, ball yesterday. I, I, that was incredible. Or, you know, even look at, like, uh, you look at last night with Prescott. I'd like more Frank Reich in the play calling than I would like Doug Peterson right now. That's how I look at it. Uh, Monday night football tonight, Vikings at Bears. Uh, you think it'll be a good close game. The line is minus five. I think the Vikings are going to go out there and steamroll, but I agree with you that the Vikings limited offense makes that a very dangerous line. Yes. Uh, listen, I picked the Vikings, and as I told you, if you made me bet the line, I would take the Vikings, but this would be a game that would scare me. Yeah. Uh, it's the Bears. The Bears have played better than people realize. Their defense is a little better than realize. And yeah, like you said, that Minnesota offense is not just going to march and d- up no. and down the field on it. So that's going to make the game close to a degree. It'll just be whether good old Jay Cutler just totally gets obliterated by Minnesota's defense and they get a, you know, some short fields off of turnovers, sack fumbles, whatever it may be. That's really Minnesota's like the Denver Broncos a little. Except they don't have Emmanuel, Emmanuel Sanders, Sanders and Demarius Thomas. Thomas. Exactly. Yeah, they have Stefan Diggs and right. Matt Asiata. Good, good medium range guys, but nobody that scares you down the field. Uh, before we go, I just want to do one quick story. Your dad was covering the Jaguars-Titans game on Thursday night, and oh. he said something to you that you don't well, hear very often. We should talk to that game regardless. I mean, there's, anybody who's been listening to us, now you all know that Blake Bortles is not a starting NFL quarterback. They are over 10 when he throws for over 300 yards. Right. It's That's got to end. Uh, and that, embar- that game itself was embarrassing altogether. For the offensive coordinator, Greg Olson, to lose his job, 
job, and then later this today find out that a guy, a quarterback guru, is going there to wake with work with Blake Bortles. I have a hard time with men losing their jobs because other people aren't good at their jobs. I, I, right, the GM drafting Blake Bortles. How about that? Because last time I checked, the offensive coordinator for the Jaguars, Greg Olson, who just got fired. He was on the Oakland Raiders and drafted Derek Carr. And developed him and in his first And that's the reason year. they wanted Derek. Yes. I mean, he is the reason they drafted Derek Carr. He I would was, love to talk to Greg Olson. Man, we, we can do that. We can get Oli. Oli would be fun. Maybe he'll, He ain't going to talk trash. Maybe he I won't. would like him to go, honestly, the kid sucks. <laughs> well, His mechanics stink. His presence stink. He literally has no redeeming qualities other than his height and weight. Yeah. Right? Tennessee's the team that's going to be fun to watch here down the stretch. I think they can make it really tough for it, for the Texans. Yes. That's for sure. Yes, they uh, can. But what did your dad see that he had to talk to you about after well, that game? Well, we talked about a lot of things. We were talking about the game, but then I just we were kind of getting done with the conversation. And I just, hey, hey, you know what I wanted to ask you? Just what did Derrick Henry look like in person? And he goes, hmm. He goes, a lot like Adrian Peterson did the first time. Looked like he's just moving a little faster than everybody else on the field. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, isn't it unbelievable? I mean – you know, the one play that sticks out in my mind, and, and I told you yesterday, the goal line play where he's going to run to the left and he cuts it back right and outruns Jalen Ramsey to the corner <laughs> of the end zone. Like, Jalen Ramsey's one of the freakiest people we have to offer in the game of football as an athlete, period. And he ran by Jalen Ramsey like Jalen Ramsey was like some slow idiot. Mm. I mean, that was what I, that's when I was like, Holy cow, did you? Uh, yeah. I was in amazement after that. I really think that the Titans are interesting because of that. It's like Andrew Miller of the Indians in the bullpen. <laughs> they got this guy that right when they hit weeks 12 and 13, they go, by the way, we got this monster that's been getting seven carries a game and his legs are fresh. We actually let him adjust to the game. If they start getting him more involved, I do believe the Tennessee Titans could be mm-hmm. a really tough team to face down the stretch because their defense is very underrated. It's good, right? Nothing like ending on some Titans talk. Titans, baby. Right. Touchdown, Titans. Well, we will have the next podcast out uh, in a few days. Thank you guys so much for enjoying. Uh, yeah, enjoy the game tonight. We'll see you in a little bit. Peace out, homies. Peace.